For over 80 years, Agriculture Financial Services Corporation has been providing leading, innovative, and client-focused risk management and financial solutions to grow agriculture in Alberta. Welcome to AFSC's limited podcast series on risk management. Our goal is to provide agricultural producers with knowledgeable insight on how best to manage the business of farming in Alberta. I'm your host, Tracy Duan with AFSC, filling in for Ed Tenhove. Today we'll be talking about the extreme weather conditions that Alberta producers faced in 2021 and how these circumstances affect risk management solutions and insurance products in the future. Joining me today is Daryl Kay, CEO of AFSC, to discuss 2021's extreme weather and resulting record payouts, the variable price benefit, how producers can get payouts faster, and a few changes coming to AFSC's insurance programs this year. We hope you enjoy our conversation. for coming to talk to us today for a few minutes. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. So it's been a rough year for Alberta producers with the term unprecedented being used regarding claims and drought, extreme heat and hail. Before we get into the upcoming growing season, can you comment briefly, was there any positives that came out of 2021? And really what comes to mind is variable price benefit. And this is really a crop insurance feature that isn't always understood by producers, but really came to the forefront in 2021. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for the question. Absolutely. It was an extremely difficult year and I'll talk a little bit about variable price benefit, but I guess as a starting point, you know, whenever you go through a year like this, it really, um, it it puts an incredible strain on producers and incredible strain on our our team members. And we saw that this year, you know, as that extreme heat hit us in June and, and we started to see that dramatic impact on annual crops, perennial crops, you know, really started to see that pressure build and, you know, I do want to start by saying how proud I am of, of how staff responded and how we were able to to work through a lot this year in terms of drought conditions and delivering an ag recovery program, dealing with uh, changes to programs like the low yield allowance. So a lot was happening, uh, lots of, of difficult times, but, you know, I was extremely impressed with our team members, lots of challenging conversations with producers, lots of stress on them. And so it, it was a rewarding year when you think of, of how our programs responded. You brought up a variable price benefit, I think is a great example of programs that we offer at AFSC. You know, we have crop insurance and we are expecting to see record payouts, probably the highest in our 80 year history. But it wasn't just on the production side. You know, we have a variable price benefit and this year more than any any other, it really responded for producers. We've seen significant commodity price increases up over, you know, in, in cases 50% and higher some of those commodities. Again, pressure on producers, a number of them entered into contracts that they had to fill in in the fall and the number of them are in a claim position. And you look at our claims, what we're expecting to pay out this year, a third of those claims will be on that variable price benefit. So the fact that they have some of that protection on price and know that they can receive a payment in the fall on a market price and not have to rely on on a much lower spring price, I think made a significant difference for producers. And so Again, very proud of the, the programs we offer and then how they responded in a really difficult year. Yeah, I appreciate your comments there. Talking about the extreme weather again from 2021, let's talk about claim volume. Do you have a sense of claim volume, number of claims, dollar payouts from last year? 
Sure, as, as I mentioned before, you know, we, we certainly will be in a position where we are going to pay out the highest amount of claims and dollar value and claims in our history. It has been a difficult year. The drought was widespread across the entire province. When we look at volume and number of claims, you know, a typical year for this, we have somewhere between three and 4,000 claims. You know, we are projecting to be over 8,000 uh, claims this year. So over double, very, very significant. We're anticipating somewhere between 75 to 80% of our clients will be in a production shortfall. And again, you know, some of the harder areas hit, like the south, will probably be around 80% that will be in a claim position. Areas in the parkland, more central Alberta, were, were likely a little below 70, but it does show you how widespread it was. This was the entire province getting hit pretty hard in 2021. So it is a challenging year. You know, we're projecting, you know, I think year to date, we've paid out approximately just over 1.1 billion in post-harvest. We had a heavy hail year on top of that. We paid out of, you know, 500 million of hail claims. And in addition to that, we're expecting to pay, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 350 million on an agri recovery program. So very significant amounts for sure. Again, support for producers that was very much needed in a difficult year. But yeah, we are seeing record volumes and record dollar amounts for payments this year. Daryl, this is the time lots of advances and claims are being settled right now. How quickly will AFSC be able to get the claims finalized this year? What options do producers have for cash flow? Yeah, that's a really good question. Is obviously to, to my last point, you know, when we talk about over 8,000 claims, it, it is going to take us some time to, to work through the adjusting. And, you know, we have all hands on deck. We've added additional adjusters. We're, we're mobilizing and moving them throughout the province to respond to the claim volumes. But at the same time, we know it's going to take some time. It'll likely be well into March before all of the adjusting is completed. But that's why we have other options. And, and you mentioned advances and things like that. You know, we have a number of advanced payment options for producers where we can get money out fairly quickly to them. You know, we have developed a, a direct deposit over the last year, which is extremely important as well. And so with those advanced payments, you know, we can provide clients with a portion of their claim on a crop by crop basis. And, and we can do that without an on-farm inspection. So we can get some money out there quickly. Uh, we still will need to, you know, return and have a post-harvest inspection completed, but we can true up that claim after that fact. It doesn't stop us from getting money in the hands of producers before we do all those inspections. And there, there's a real, very high number, something like 97% of our producers should be eligible for that advance payment. So that's extremely important. Uh, the other thing I'd like to mention is, is something where we call payment by declaration. So when certain criteria are met, there's circumstances where we can make a full payment for a producer who's in a lost position. And we can do that without any adjusting, without doing an on-farm inspection. Again, they have to meet certain criteria and we do audit uh, you know, some of those claims. But this is an area that we really have focused on because it's low risk claims for the organization and an opportunity again for us to get some money out there rel relatively quickly so that producers can deal with any cash flow issues they have. So I would encourage them to reach out to a branch office to ask them about advance payments, to ask them about the payment by declaration, and we'll be happy to help. So many clients have really been embracing AFSC Connect, which is their AFSC's online platform. Tell us a little bit about how this platform really gets cash flow in, in producers' hands quicker. Sure. You know, when you go through a year like this, it, it really, um, you know, makes you thankful for some of the changes you've made. And when you think of the progress we've made 
over the last two or three years in our online platform, AFSC Connect. When you think about the, the fact that we brought in direct deposit over the last year, you know, without those things in place, it has been very difficult for us to, to deliver a program like Ag Recovery, the livestock program that we delivered the first payment in September, October. Direct deposit, as an example, I think went live in in July, and we've had almost 8,000 clients set up. But looking at Ag Recovery, over 14,500 payments were processed um, in September, October of this year. 87% of those were processed through Connect. You know, I've been with this organization for 11 years now, and I can tell you, even going back three or four years, had we had to deliver a program like this with the, the paper-based system that we were working with in the past, it would have taken us months to, to work through that volume. Uh, we were able to work really quickly um, between uh, the online platform and the direct deposit and get money out to producers really quickly. So that was extremely important. And that's why I think that online delivery will continue to be a focus for our organization. And when you look at the crop insurance side, you know, we continue to see uptake in AFSC Connect. Uh, over 40% of our uh, harvest production reports were filed online. Again, it's freeing up that capacity for our team members to work with producers and to make sure that we're getting money out on a timely basis. So without the online system, it would have been a really different story for the organization in, in 2021. It's really positive to hear. Let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk a little bit about the insurance re reserve fund. How is it funded? Where does that money go? Sure, so the, the crop insurance fund is really segregated funds that are held at AFSC and, and they're really there for, for one reason, and that's to pay future crop losses. And it, it is funded through premiums we collect from, from three different parties. Number one, Alberta producers, as well as uh, the Alberta government and the federal government. And so you know, we collect you know, premiums, we run an actuarial sound program that really is designed to break even over, over a 25 year period. And so when you look at our financial position heading into this year, we, we had a, you know, a relatively number, a good number of crop years over the past, uh, I'd say 10 to 15 years. And we built up a pretty significant crop insurance reserve fund. I think we were over $2.7 billion heading into this, this last crop year. And when you look back at our history, the last major drought was really way back in 2001, 2002. So we built up that surplus to, to a strong level, but we've seen, obviously, as in my comments earlier, we've now seen a really significant drought this year that's gonna have a pretty significant impact on, on the size of the surplus and the payment of claims. But again, you can look at it from a negative perspective, but my view is always, you know, this is really what this crop insurance fund is here for. It's to pay claims to producers when they're needed most. And so we don't know exactly where we're gonna finish this year. We're obviously still adjusting a number of claims and will be for the next few months. Confident in saying we have enough to, to cover claims this year and leave us with a healthy fund balance. We know it'll be significantly less than when we started this year. But again, that's what that fund balance is there for. And we know that it responded this year and it helped producers through a pretty tough year. So based on your comments around the, the fund balance, what can producers expect for 2022 with respect to their insurance coverage and premium? It's a question front of mind for a lot of producers. We are getting questions around that. And you may recall we were, like I said, headed into a really strong position heading into the last crop year. And we, we were in a position to actually offer a premium discount for producers. You know, all producers in the province receive 20% discount off their premiums. That amounted to, I think, over $70 million in 
in premium savings for, for producers in the province. We saw a number of new clients come into the program, over 400. A uh, number of clients took advantage of that discount to increase their coverage as well. Uh, you know, our, our total acres increased by over 8%. I think an additional 1.2 million acres it took us over 16 million acres insured on the annual crop side, the highest amount we've ever insured. So so very positive from, from that perspective in terms of the discount. But obviously a lot of questions coming in now in terms of given the year we've had, given the drought and the fact that we're paying out significant amount, what does that mean for 2022? So we do know that we're not in a position to uh, you know move forward with the discount again in the next year. We had made an initial commitment or discussion around a five-year discount, but it was always predicated on the fact that we had to do an annual review. We had to see the results from the current year, and we had to work with the federal and provincial governments to make those decisions. So we won't be in a position to offer that premium discount as we head into 2022. What I can say is that we work very hard to try to minimize premium increases. We do know that the fund balance will need to be rebuilt. There'll be some increases in in area premium rates. We really do our best to try to take a long-term view, a 25-year view. We've built in caps that really smooth and limit the increases year over year uh, because we know producers have gone through an extremely difficult time and we really want to try to make it um, minimize the impact as we go into 2022. Individual premium rates are, are typically set at a one-year lag, so we know that the poor experience they might have seen in 2021 won't impact in this next year. It'll impact in the following year. And again, we'll be subject to a cap to try to minimize the impact. But we also know commodity prices uh, are going to be substantially higher year over year, and producers will see that in the total premiums they pay. Well, I would suggest that they'll, they're also going to see a pretty significant increase in their coverage as well. So they'll be, they'll be covering a lot more risk from that perspective. So again, we, we want to minimize the impact. We know producers have been through a lot already, uh, but as we start to rebuild that fund, we know that there will be some increases. We're doing our best to try to minimize those. Daryl, you've given us a sense about coverage and premium levels and impact and talked a little bit about the fund balance. Let's switch gears and talk about the agri insurance programs. Is there going to be any changes in 2022, kind of really in response to what happened last year? Sure. So whenever you go through a year like this, you do take a pretty good look at your program, see what worked, uh, what didn't. I think on the whole, I believe our programs responded very well in a difficult year and they worked well for producers. But there were exceptions, and I think when you look at some of the um, some of our area-based pasture programs, specifically moisture deficiency insurance, we saw challenges there for sure. You know that program is really intended to be simple and transparent. It, it ensures one peril, just rainfall at weather stations. It's not necessarily based on actual pasture production. But with that extreme heat we saw this year and some of the conditions across the province, uh, it really re- resulted in some pretty significant declines in forage and pasture yields and uh, wasn't always captured in the program. And so whenever something like this happens, I really view it as an opportunity for us to look at the programs and and see how they can be improved. We held a number of input advisory groups over the last few months. And the focus of those meetings with producers is really to talk about moisture deficiency insurance. Um, What worked, what didn't, what should we be looking at for changes? So based on that feedback, uh, you know, I'm happy to announce that we are looking at some changes. Uh, A couple I'll speak to just quickly. Firstly, uh, we made a change to what we call a minimum moisture threshold. We moved that from 0.1 millimeters up to 1 millimeter. And really what we're seeing, especially in those extreme conditions when it is so hot and dry, you know, small amounts of moisture in any given day really aren't having an impact on that pasture. And so to measure that in a weather station doesn't make a lot of sense. 
But even more importantly, we're, we're also making a change to include a, an extreme temperature threshold. So anytime a daily temperature hits 30 degrees, we'll take a millimeter off their precipitation total. And if it hits 35 degrees, we'll take two millimeters off. This would mean a total of three millimeters taken off in a day where the temperature is greater than 35 degrees. And this, this is really what we saw this year. That extreme heat had such a dramatic impact on that, that pasture growth. So I think this is a really important change that they, they might see some moisture and they might see it picked up in a weather station, but because it was so hot, it really limited the impact. And so I'm hopeful that the changes to, to moisture deficiency will help the program become a bit more relevant and respond a bit more in a situation like this. You know, we're considering other changes. We, we look at longer term changes. Is there better ways to actual measure uh, pasture growth, soil moisture, biomass measurements, some of the things we're talking about? Is there a way to use personalized weather stations? You know, we are limited in the weather stations across the province, and you often have feedback that, you know, the weather station might have received some moisture, but ne didn't necessarily see that on the farm. So we're asking ourselves some questions about what else we could do long term. The only other item I did want to bring up is is on on crop insurance, on the annual insurance, because we've an item has come up for a number of years and it talks about experience transfer. So I, we are looking into some changes in terms of how we handle experience transfer. We really want to make sure we're giving credit to those individuals that have been involved in a farming operation for a long time um, that might be taking over that operation. So we're looking to make some changes to, to better reflect the fact that they do have that experience. You know, they should be rewarded for that. So that's one other item that we are looking to. So again, whenever you go through a year like this, I think, you know, I really view it as an opportunity to to help producers or, or to look at the programs to make sure that they're working and make sure that they're still relevant. That's really positive to hear. There was a decision to increase the low yield threshold allowance in the fall of 2021, so producers could put more of their poorer crops to another use quicker. Do you see this continuing in the future? Well, it, it's difficult to say until we really know what we see in this next year. I, I will respond to kind of the question in terms of 2021. Again, when whenever we find ourselves in a tough spot, you know, I think it's important this organization kind of look at the changes they can make. And sometimes it'll be next year or the year after, but we're in a, in a position, you know, to make a change in the current year that helps. And we really want to consider that and make that change. And that is what's, you know, what happened in this last year. It was pretty clear in early July with the dry conditions, we needed to do something and with the feed shortages to, to help ease that and help address that. And so, we were able to make that change and it was very well received. I think we had over somewhere close to 500,000 acres that were put to another use. So rather than leaving that crop out in the field to continue to deteriorate and really get nothing forward um, later in harvest, you know, we were able to actually um, make something good from that and, and have producers um, saddled some of the some of the feed and work with livestock producers to, to help them through a difficult time. So, not sure what 2022 will bring. Certainly there may be something else that we want to look at, something else we might want to consider, but I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we were able to respond to a tough situation and, and help them through a difficult time. Daryl, anything else you'd like to add or speak on today? I guess the first thing I'd comment on is, you know, we're moving into phase two of the Ag Recovery Program, the Canada Alberta Livestock Feed Assistance. I think we're receiving a number of questions for producers. This is a little little bit different than the first payment because there is a little more complexity around it, a feed need model um, we're using to calculate the benefit. I really want to get message out to producers that we've tried to keep this program as simple as we could. I know that we're getting some calls. They're unsure of their situation, not sure if they should apply. 
I really want to, I guess, encourage them to speak to someone in, in a branch office, their local branch office, uh, talk to someone in our call center. Um, like I said, we tried to make this program as simple as we could. We encourage them to, to go online, use AFSC Connect. It would be the, the simplest and the, and the easiest way for them to apply and happy to have some branch staff work through the, the program with them. But I think it's really important that they, um, I think the deadline is January 31st. So we would encourage them to, to move forward on that program. I just want to close with uh, kind of echo a few of my earlier comments. It was a tough year uh, at AFSC for agriculture, for producers in Alberta. But, you know, this industry is a foundational part of, of this province. And I'm really proud of the way the programs responded. You know, I'm proud of the resiliency of our clients and I'm really proud of AFSC staff. They help clients through a difficult year. They dealt with a lot of strain, a lot of pressure themselves, and uh, they should be commended for that. So, you know, this year more than any other, it really highlights how important our organization is and how important our programs are to producers in Alberta. So I do appreciate the time to, to speak to you today. Thank you for joining us on our latest installation of AFSC's Risk Management podcast series. I want to thank Daryl Kay from AFSC for taking the time to talk to us about the changes coming to our programs in 2022. We hope that this information will help you prepare for the upcoming growing season. For more information on insurance changes or chat with us online, please visit afsc.ca or you're always welcome to stop by any of our AFSC branch offices, give us a call or email us at info at afsc.ca or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for your time.